I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. And as you listen to this program, just know that you are joined by thousands and thousands of other people who are interested in the very same information. Uh, the way I look at this, we are all in this thing together to help each other out here. Uh, our mission is to provide you the information, education, and resources for those caring for an elder elderly loved one and our listening audience uh, it, it includes really two two groups of people so first of all it includes the baby boomers who are providing care and looking after their aging parents but it also includes the seniors themselves who are preparing for their own needs and their own situation so if you're listening to the radio streaming us online and a ton of people are doing that or even listening to a podcast after the fact again Thanks so much for being here today. As always, you can reach us on our toll-free number anytime. That uh, Just write it down. It's 1-800-331-6445. Again, that's 1-800-331-6445. You can also visit online. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice website. It's Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, Senior Care Live. Dot com And if you do visit uh, live, be sure to connect with us socially on Facebook and Twitter. We do a lot of communications that way. We do all these free educational events, and uh, all of that goes out social media as well. So be sure to connect that way if you would, please. All right, so this is a real treat for me today. We have a special guest in studio, Mr. Kyle Kroll. He's an estate planning attorney. And uh, Kyle, uh, thanks for being here today, and welcome to Senior Care Live. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation, Steve. All right, and uh, so for for our listening audience, uh, Kyle and I reconnected after uh, not seeing each other for how many years? Been a while, <laughs> man, a few decades, I think. Yes, or, or so. Uh, but uh, Kyle, Kyle just sent me a, a, a picture, and I had kind of forgotten about it. It's been so long ago, forty years ago. Uh, but it's Kyle and I standing together, and, and this is blackmail material, so I'm not going to put it on the website. But Kyle and I standing together in concert choir in high school. I was a sophomore. Kyle was a senior, and but we had some hair back then. And the year was 1977. 1977. Was you a- you still have have a good good head of hair, but <laughs> I, w- the way I explain it is I had hair when I needed it. Uh, well, there you go. And in there. that photo, I have quite a bit of it. Yeah, you had a lot of hair, and I my hair is so long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so. Fortunately, I, I can't grow it that long anymore. I'm, I am still happy to have hair. It's just really gray now. Yes. Well, 
It's, it's good to have hair. It, it is. It is. So, all right. So we're going to be talking a whole lot about estate planning today, and there is so much to break down. Uh, but, uh, and, and Kyle, I really appreciate all your uh, expertise and your wisdom here because you've been at this a while. So let's just start off at 101. What is estate planning? Well, estate planning fundamentally is making plans now so that if something untoward happens to you tomorrow, uh, that everyone you love and everything you have will be okay. And and by untoward, I kind of euphemistically mean if you become incapacitated by by an accident or uh, illness. And of course, uh, you know, death is still a hundred percent on every actuary table. Yep. <laughs> uh, that that those that's just a fact of life. Yeah. So it's making plans so that your your family isn't really left in a lurch and. Uh, your, your assets aren't in disarray because, as you probably know, Steve, a lot of family uh, fights can result when there is oh. – even when there is planning sometimes, but when there is no planning, it's just a, a, an unfortunate free-for-all. It's, it is a free-for-all. You, I, that's, that's the word I was going for, and, and I, I've seen – unfortunately, I've seen uh, situations like that that really brought out the worst in a lot of people, and it can get really ugly. So this can avoid all of that. It may not avoid all of it, but it can certainly uh, help, I, I yes. think. For sure. Okay, so then the next, uh, and, and again, we're kind of started off with uh, 101 stuff here. Uh, so what is the difference between estate planning and elder law? Because uh, out in the market, I've been at this for a long time with my firm, Senior Care Consulting, and uh, there there are always legal implications to you know most of the, uh, the families that I'm working with in their situations. And I hear the terms interchanged and used uh, together, like Medicare and Medicaid. Right, they're these they're they're switched back and forth. Well, they're two very different things. So, and, and so, could help us clear up the difference between estate planning and elder law because I think they are two separate uh, things. Probably, the, probably the, uh, the greatest brightest line of demarcation between the two would be elder law is really focused on uh, long term care and how to pay for that. Okay, and the fundamental ways to pay for long term care, as you know are to pay out-of-pocket from your own resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another way to pay for it is through insurance, uh, whether that is a standard long-term care policy that works much like an automobile policy. You pay and pay, and if you don't need it, you don't collect. Or it could be a policy that acts like a life insurance contract if you don't use it for long-term care. Mm -hmm. So those are are the first two ways, pay out-of-pocket or have some form of insurance. And the third is uh, some form of Medicaid. Uh, mm-hmm. a government program and the the waters to navigate eligibility for medicaid to pay for your long-term care yeah. are very tricky and that is the focus of what would be an elder law attorney they stay up on they know the ins and outs of all of the rules and regs for qualification because a misstep can be disastrous oh boy yeah and it's um and that can be uh and the the rules and regulations are uh, are changing all the time as well. So, uh, so, so that's specializing in that area. And, and then, and then estate planning is, is really kind of, I think, kind of before that point. It really is. I mean, it, it, they, they complement each other. They do. Uh, um, they do. I would say that elder law includes estate planning, but estate planning doesn't necessarily include elder law. Okay. Well, th- that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so when is the best time to, uh, consider 
estate planning? And that's kind of a wide open question because there are a lot of pieces to estate planning that we'll break down here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're really young, should you do it when you retire? You, when, when you're in midlife crisis at age 40? <laughs> when, when do you, uh, when do you enter into estate planning? Your estate plan begins on your 18th birthday. 18, okay. Yeah, regardless whether you have two dimes to rub together. Uh, your estate at that time, Steve, is in your shoes. Okay. It is you because uh, what most parents don't realize when they have a child who reaches that magic age 18 mm-hmm. is you may still have some financial responsibilities and obligations for your newly minted adult. But if they become injured in an accident away at school or away at work, mm-hmm. or uh, if they suddenly are struck with an illness and they can no longer make their personal health care and financial decisions, you and I have as much authority to make that young person's decisions as their parents do, oh. and that is zero. See, that, that horrifies me. Um, I'm going to have three triplet boys who are going to be turning 18, and they will still be in high school. Yes, and so I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I could have a high school kid living in my house, you know, and, you know, with, with that connection, and legally I wouldn't even have a voice, God forbid, if something should happen. That's correct. Right. So, so, here, so if you're listening to this program and you're over 18, and I think 99.9% of you are, <laughs> it's right? time. Because our, uh, the demographic for Senior Care Live is about 45 to about 75 or 80. So it's a, it's an older uh, demographic interested in this information. Uh, and, and so if you're listening to this program and you don't have an estate plan, uh, you need to do this yesterday. Is it, I mean, is it ever too late? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, if, if you wait too late, and that is uh, it, when you become incapacitated without any planning or you die without an estate plan, the die is cast. And it, it could be uh, handled by state law, which can be very unpleasant and expensive. Well, and we're going to get into some of those costs later and then how to avoid that. Uh, and then uh, one more question on the 101 stuff, and then we'll we'll get into a deeper dive here in the, in the rest of the segments of the program. Uh, how often, so, so you develop an estate plan, how often should it be reviewed? Our rule of thumb is every two years. Two years, okay. And I have clients uh, going back 30-some years that I have, haven't seen. And I have others who come in just like they come in for their annual medical physical just to check things up. So uh, there are there are major life events that often trigger the need for a review, uh, such as retirement mm-hmm. or death of a spouse, um, those, those kinds of things, birth of a, a grandchild, uh, someone who has special needs, mental or physical, that's uh, arrived in the family, okay. you know, a grandchild. So the or, or move to another state, remarry here. Uh, oh, remarriage, blended families—that's yeah. huge, huge. Yeah. So, so life is rarely uh, stagnant; it's always moving in some direction, and so that's that's really important. And and uh, and, and in the next segment, I would like to uh, talk about. You know, you have a questionnaire that that finds out, you know, what is important to people. And I, I think you just have this really objective, methodical way of, of looking at that. And uh, it, it would be great to talk about that as well next time around. Uh, Kyle Kroll, estate planning attorney. Uh, you can find Kyle online at kylekroll.com. And Kyle, what's your, uh, what's your phone number? Uh, that would be 913-851-4880. 
800-851-4880. All right, and right after the break, we'll continue this conversation. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. How many basic variations are there on a financial power of attorney? A, two, B, four, C, six, or D, eight? And the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, you can stream this program live to any electronic device. Simply go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the Listen Live button, and it'll stream straight to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. It is really that simple. Uh, I met with a new client this last week. Uh, she's from the St. Louis area, and she listens every single week. And uh, this signal does not make it to St. Louis. Unfortunately, it goes quite a ways, but not there. So uh, she streams us, and we have people in Tennessee all over the country uh, streaming this program. So uh, feel free to use that, and uh, thanks for listening. All right, let's get back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. How many basic variations are there on a financial power of attorney? And here are your choices. A, 2, B, 4, C, 6, or D, 8. And the answer is C, 6. You have six basic variations on a financial power of attorney. So, Kyle, I'm not going to touch that one. You're, you're the expert. Uh, lead us through those six uh, basic variations. Well, the first is, when does the power of attorney start? Okay. And so our first two out of the six are, does it start immediately, or is it what's called a springing power of attorney? Okay. A springing power of attorney only has effectiveness and comes into play when it is determined that you – the person creating the power of attorney, are actually incapacitated. So that may require one or two physician statements saying that you can no longer receive and evaluate information concerning your own financial matters. So, so it's only good you know, down the road if and when I become exactly. incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And that's a springing. Okay. Because I've, I've heard of springing, and that always – I'm not sure if that totally made sense, but how you just defined it, that makes perfect sense to me. The uh, second and – or the third and fourth – really uh, are related to what does the power of attorney cover? And the first uh, would be, is it general? Is it really, really broad? Does it cover virtually everything that you can do for yourself financially? Uh, Are you authorizing your agent to be able to do virtually everything that you could do regarding your finances? The other would be, is it limited or special? Okay. That means... Uh, are you are you really zeroing in on a specific thing you want your agent to be able to do? So we have immediate, springing, general, and then limited slash special. Those are four. Mm-hmm. 
And then the fifth and sixth would be relating to how long does it last? And the first would be, is it durable? Many of your listeners may have heard that term, a a durable power of attorney. Mm -hmm. That means that not necessarily that the power of attorney itself will go through the washing machine cycle if you leave it in your your genes. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the tensile quality of it. It just means that it continues to have power when you become incapacitated. Because if it doesn't state that it's durable, then that means that it does not. We just refer to those as plain vanilla powers of attorney. Okay. So the six elements are, is it immediate, springing, or is it general, limited, special? Is it durable or just plain vanilla? Okay. I've heard horror stories of some power of attorney documents that were uh, overly plain and uh, actually, uh, and, and the family couldn't even retrieve any assets from the bank because it wasn't specific enough. It was just so vague. Uh, and so let me uh, get to this point uh, or, or this question, and, and I kind of have a, a feeling of how you're going to answer this. Uh, but you see a lot of these, you know, get your will now, get your power of attorney for you know, like 10 bucks or 20 bucks or very, very inexpensively online. Uh, is that a good idea? Well, I, I don't mean to... Uh to be denigrating, but I go back to uh, Abraham Lincoln, and one of his famous quotes was, a person who acts as their own attorney has a fool for a client. <laughs> <laughs> and do-it-yourself planning. Yeah. It, it, I, mean, I, I, yeah. would, I would say it's dangerous when it comes to uh, medical procedures, surgery, as well as to yeah. law, uh, estate planning, and yeah. even elder law. Uh, leave it leave it to staining your, your own uh, cedar deck or whatever it is. That's good do-it-yourself stuff. Yeah. But I just looked at a power of attorney last week that a, a Kansas client prepared for, for they prepared it for themselves online, and when I reviewed it, it did not comply with Kansas law. It was so generic that it did not have a requirement that's been in the law specifically since July 1st of 2003, and wow. that is, in Kansas, your home is regarded as what's known as your homestead, mm-hmm. and even though one spouse's name may be on the deed, it takes two spouses, both signatures, to do anything with that house, to Mm -hmm. sell it, to refinance, to do a reverse mortgage. And the requirement is this. The power of attorney must identify your homestead by its street address as well as by its legal description. Ah. And it didn't have that. Wow. So if one of them... Who's going to know that? No one. You you deal with this every day. Your standard, your average person that doesn't deal with this every day, they're not going to know that. No, that's that's a fact. Yeah, and and so that's why you see an expert like Kyle Kroll. Uh, Check out Kyle Kroll online. And you you have a great website, by the way, kylekroll.com or call 913-851-4880, 8514880 and Kyle are you licensed in Kansas and Missouri or just one side or the both, other Both Kansas and Missouri. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, kylecrawl.com or 9138514880. All right. So we were uh we were talking about probate uh, earlier, and and I think I want to get into some of those fees a, a little bit later. But uh, let's let's back up before that and talk about a, a will, like a you know like a last will and testament and that sort of thing. I mean, what what is that? I mean, do, do you need one of those? Does everyone need one of those? Um, is it a good idea to have one? It all depends. Uh, you know, standard answer you would expect, uh, case and client specific. 
one of the times when a will is absolutely necessary is if you have minor children. So those of our, you know, your listeners who have uh, grandchildren, they need to make sure that their children have wills to appoint the backup parents for those minor children. Okay. Otherwise, a probate judge who does not know the family will make that call. So that's one case where a will is absolutely necessary. Uh, one, one common misconception, Steve, about mm-hmm. wills is uh, I, I go back to a survey of Kansas residents that was done a decade ago, and the Kansas Bar Association surveyed just a cross-section of Kansans and asked this question. If you have a valid will, does that mean your estate will avoid probate? And 53% of Kansans answered yes, and the answer is no. Yeah. In, in fact, some a will is your admission ticket to the probate court. Okay. And the will has no power, no power at all, until you die, and that will is given to the probate court in Kansas within six months of your death and in Missouri within one year. Hmm. People also have a misconception. That's Steve, a long time. That, yes. <laughs> and, and people also have a misconception that uh, a will can be used to name the agents to make your personal health care and financial decisions oh if my. you're incapacitated. Mm-mm. So I come across people who have a will and believe that that is really their power of attorney. And I have people who have a power of attorney which expires at death, that think they can continue to handle business after someone has died. Oh, my. So right. it's, it's complete. The wires across. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Look, if this is confusing, that's because it is. Call Kyle. Nine one three, Or get with your own attorney. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And right after the break, uh, let's, let's have uh, uh, more discussion on this important subject matter. We'll see you in just a second. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, feel free to call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are always standing by, and we will return your call as soon as possible, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you miss an episode of Senior Care Live, uh, no worries at all. After the fact, you can go back to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the podcast tab, and you can listen to any previously aired episodes. It is really that simple. And now, Myth versus Fact. All right, Kyle, on this program, we do a lot of myth busting and kind of setting the record straight here. And so this is one of my favorite segments. So here's the myth. And the myth is everyone needs a revocable living trust, and that's the myth. Uh, so uh, why don't you set that rate and uh, th- set that straight and give us the facts? Well, uh, I, I think we need to go back to uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Okay, <laughs> uh, a revocable living trust is just right for some people. Yeah, <laughs> for some people it's too much, yeah. <laughs> and for others it's too little. So it all comes down to meeting with an attorney and having them 
learn about you and your goals and objectives and determine what is most appropriate for you and let you make the decision. But a lot of your listeners uh, are probably getting invitations to nice steak dinners around town. Yep. Yep. And when they go, what they're going to find is that the solution to every situation is a revocable living trust. And if they act now, they'll probably get a discount on the revocable living trust. Yep. They need to kind of step back and not fall prey to the pressure and actually uh, have an analysis of their situation uh, be- because I don't think we would necessarily go with the recommendation of a physician who wanted to prescribe medication for us prior to doing an examination and finding out what our ailments are. That's right. So it's the same thing with the revocable living trust. They're, they're great tools in the appropriate circumstances, but they're not necessarily necessary for everyone. So it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Not at all. And, and you know, and we talked about the, the online uh, resource or uh, the online uh, very, very inexpensive services. Well, they're not meeting with an attorney. They're not... They're not explaining their situation and their desires and their fears and the outcomes that they want. You're just plugging information into a number. So not to beat them up too bad, but it's just, it's kind of a you-get-what-you-pay-for situation. Well, uh, Steve, I have folks who I meet with for the first time that have been told by their friends or their friends have or their children have revocable living trusts, and they're they're coming in to basically get the order fulfilled because they feel like they need one too. Yeah. And after, you know, meeting with them and learning about them and their goals and objectives, the important people in their life, their property, their plans, uh, it turns out that really what they can do is is mostly by themselves. They can do pay on death or transfer on mm-hmm. death to transfer their accounts directly to their adult children. They can do a beneficiary deed to transfer their personal residence directly to their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, for goodness sakes... Uh, at a point when your children are themselves on Social Security, I don't think you necessarily need to worry about them blowing it on too much crazy activity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the fact is that not everyone needs a revocable living trust, and that is a fact. For more information about the facts, stay tuned to this program or contact Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. All right. So, uh, Kyle, you we were talking uh, offline, uh, off mic, uh, during uh, the uh, the break there, and, and you had recommended that, uh, and I was I was thinking, you know, if, if someone needs some help, they need to call you. But you had a very good point. If someone is already working with an attorney, go back to their attorney because they could probably make some easy adjustments. By all means, if you have an existing relationship with an attorney, maintain that relationship. Uh, go back to them for periodic reviews and updates because, as you noted, Steve, uh, change is a constant. And so when you go back and you meet with your attorney, chances are they already have your estate plan built on their computer system. Yeah. So for them, it's just a matter of going in and making a few course corrections rather than having to start from, from the very beginning. It yeah. only makes sense. Yeah. And it works, yeah. out, it works out to be less expensive and more expedient. Yeah, and, and that's a, uh, that, that's a very, very good point. So Kyle, you, uh, you have access and offer a lot of just excellent free resources. So let's talk about these resources and what they are and then let's let our listeners know how they can access these resources. Well, as we've discussed, Steve, the key to any successful estate plan is organization because of the following fact. 
And that is when the estate plan becomes really, really relevant and something has happened, an incapacity or death, the person or persons who know what they have and where it is and what their wishes are are no longer available yep. for consultation. That's right. <laughs> so you need, to, you need to stay organized and keep a written record of very important things. And for those reasons, we have free resources out on our website uh, that consist of really the following an estate organizer kit, and that has four elements to it. One is a step-by-step guide for what needs to be done when someone dies because people going through the grieving process need a follow-the-numbers approach so they don't forget anything. You know, that's worth a million bucks right there. You know, when my dad died and we knew it was coming, we weren't really as prepared as we should have been uh, because we were completely blown away by that. So that that's huge. That's huge. Second component of that estate organizer kit is a document finder. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe on the air, but it's a grid system that takes maybe 15 minutes to complete. But at the end of filling that out, your family would know at a glance where you keep originals and copies of legal, financial, real estate, personal papers, titles to assets. It, it's essential to have. Wow. The third element is a listing of who your go-to people are, your doctor, your dentist, your pastor, priest, rabbi, property casualty agent, life insurance agent, financial advisor, tax advisor, and then a way for you to list who your nearest and dearest, closest friends and family are so they could be notified by your family ahead of a visitation or funeral. Okay. Then the fourth element of that estate organizer kit is an asset workbook that helps you easily catalog by asset class and category, what you own and where it is to include the addresses of the institution, the types of accounts, the account number, and how they're titled. See, I can't even tell you. <laughs> so those four pieces in the estate organizer kit, and that that's a free resource? Free resource. See, okay, so there – I. I don't care if you have an attorney or not. You, you need to download that. You, you need to get a hold of this one. How, how can our, uh, our listeners get a hold of this estate organizer kit? Just go to our website, uh, kylecroll.com. That's K-Y-L-E-K-R-U-L-L.com. Yep. Okay. All right. And then you have some other really good pieces here as well. Well, uh, grandmothers. Uh, stay in touch with their grandchildren these days through Facebook. Yep. <laughs> and, and email, social so media. My, People have Twitter accounts. My, my mom does that, and, and if you would have told me 10 years ago my mom would be on Facebook and sending uh, you know, little smiley faces and thumbs up to my, to my kids, I never would have believed it in a million years. Yep. So it's, everyone's doing it. It's fun. Well, we have a resource that is, is a, we call it the VAIL, which stands for Virtual Assets Instructions Letter. Okay. And that's how you catalog what your username, URL, and passwords are for things from uh, Facebook to uh, your email accounts to online banking. Because if something happens to you, there needs to be a written record mm-hmm. for your family to go to so they know whether to close the account or keep it going. Oh, boy. Uh, it's essential. We have what, what are called now, Steve, digital assets. Yep. We need to make plans for those. Well, and you, you're starting to hear of all these stories of a spouse passes and their spouse has no legal right to get into their email account the email 
the the email provider is not obligated to give you their passwords. I mean, it's highly protected. It's almost HIPAA level, uh, but but just in the digital world. So, like you said, digital asset. This is this is a huge, huge deal. It's a huge issue. What about all those photos out there on Dropbox and places like that? Yeah, where you can't recover them, and that's your whole life. They're gone. Is, is digitally you? Yeah. Oh, this is that's okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting excited about. I need to do this. By the way, <laughs> another another key resource, Steve, is I have found over the decades that clients the, the one of the last gifts you can give your family is to plan your own obituary and funeral. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do that, you really set family up for arguments. For one thing, yeah. they may not know whether it's burial or cremation, whether it's in this family plot or that family plot, oh, or a boy. national cemetery if you're a veteran. Right. Yeah. So. So you need to make those known. So people were reluctant to go to a funeral home. So we created a document called My Last Wishes. It's eight pages long. You fill in the blanks, check the boxes. It takes care of all the information needed for an obituary all the way through disposition of body and specifics on a service to include scripture, hymns, and the like. That's awesome. That is fantastic. And then you also have some subscriptions for some ongoing uh, I have written pieces. A, yes, I have written a monthly newsletter since 1995. You can subscribe to that. How about that? As well yeah. as I, I write a blog Monday through Friday and have written uh, more than 1,700 of them. Holy, really? Yes. Wow. Wow, that's fantastic. And they're all free. All right, and and I've I have read a whole bunch of those. They're always very informative, great information. So for our listeners, take advantage of this. Some fantastic resources. Every one of these pieces, the estate organizer kit, that is invaluable. Uh, the uh, the the virtual. All right, so give me that again, Vale. Virtual assets instructions letter uh, to protect your to uh, to cover your digital assets with information about that. My last wishes and then the subscription. Just go super easy. KyleCrawl dot com. KyleCrawl dot com. You can sign up for any of those. They're all free of charge. Uh, Kyle, thanks for offering that. And for our listeners, we'll have a whole lot more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Again, that's 1-800-331-6445. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. This is a consumer alert. Consumer alert. All right, Kyle, a whole lot is being made about the uh, the death tax and estate taxes. You hear this all the time, and frankly, I think it also gets politicized a lot uh, now that we've just come out of a you know horrible political season that was just just nasty. Uh, but uh, could, could you share with us a little bit about you know what is the the, the death tax and, and what are the limits, and how does that really impact most people? Well, I have some really good news for folks. Uh, the death tax really isn't of concern to most people. Okay. If you are single and you have 
fewer than $5.49 million. So if you have $5.5 million, you're out of luck. I mean, you're not, you're not lucky. You're, you're not, <laughs> you're not subject to the estate tax. But if you have five, yeah, if you have five and a half, then you would have, you, you, know, you would have what, a hundred thousand that would be subject to the tax. And, uh, or would it be a thousand? You would, you would have a thousand. The, the tax, yeah. the tax rate is 40% on yeah. the amount that would be above 5.49 million. Yeah. You just you just asked a broadcast journalism major to do some math. It's ten thousand. I, I said a thousand, so I, I'm not doing my math right either. <laughs> anyway, so all, all right, so so all right, so anything over five point four nine million is taxed at forty percent. Forty percent. Okay, and then otherwise, it's just it's just a it's irrelevant. If, That's if right. You, if you're below five point four nine, it's nothing to worry about. And if you are a if you are a married couple. Then you can make use of each of your five point four nine million in exemption, and protect you know basically up to about eleven million dollars. Yeah, just a little under eleven. All right, all right. So there you go. There's your consumer alert. Proceed with caution. This has been a consumer alert brought to you by Senior Care Live. All right. Excellent, excellent information. So, uh, you know what, Kyle, we, we talked about, again, off mic, uh, a little bit about, we touched on it earlier. Let's just touch on this, the health care directives and that health care power of attorney and how important that is uh, in the, in the uh, uh, realm of, of in the need of estate planning. Well, fundamental basic planning, you have your, your power of attorney for financial matters. And my recommendation on that would be to have a general durable power of attorney, which means that it is broad in its application, so you're trusting someone 110% to take care of your financial business if you can't. It is durable, which means it continues through a time even when you're incapacitated. So that would be my recommendation on the financial side. On the health care side, you need to have an advanced health care directive, which includes a durable power of attorney for health care, and it too needs to be durable and it needs to be effective right now immediate immediately you do not want to have a springing mm. a durable power of attorney for health care decisions the reason being steve is you want to make sure that your agents can talk to your doctors right now, right now and yeah. nurses right now mm-hmm. and can get your medical records right now and get second opinions you do not want to put your family in a very stressful situation where there is some question about whether you are incapacitated enough to trigger to spring the document. Yeah, yeah, and that that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. And then, uh, Kyle, we won't get into this today, uh, but you, uh, for our listeners, I'm, I'm Kyle shared with me a a list of probate fees. Uh, Kansas and Missouri, and it goes by your estate value, and and with the right trust, you can avoid this. Is that correct? Well, it's a study that I did, just showing that that Kansas has a different approach to how they how it calculates the fees associated with uh, an estate going through the court system versus Missouri. And the basic difference is Kansas looks at how much work it was and how much time it took to run the estate through the court system. In other words, you get a bonus, a benefit if you are organized. If you've completed that estate organizer kit, yeah. you have saved your family a lot of money. Wow. In Missouri, uh, there is a commission, a minimum commission that the attorney and personal representative are entitled to under statute unless the will specifically 
states otherwise. So mm. people need to know in the state of Missouri what their will says and how much will be charged by the personal representative, also known as an executor, and the attorney when it comes time to wrap up their estate. And uh, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars here potentially. So just to give you yeah, just to give you an example, Steve, in Kansas, if someone had just for an easy number, a million dollars in a checking account and it just had their name on it, no joint owner, no pay on death, transfer on death, and they died. Mm-hmm. Now it has to pass through probate. In Kansas, that would probably cost about $2,000 roughly yeah. to pay the attorney, to pay the court, publication, the whole wrap. In Missouri, if you look on this schedule, under the statutory fee schedule, uh, the minimum fee for a million dollars, just even a checking account, would give 26650 to the executor wow. and 26650 to the attorney. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty hefty bill, that's isn't it? That's a lot of money. Now, you know, we, we talked about revocable trusts earlier. Uh-huh. One of the times when you really need to have one is if you have real estate in more than one state because there, will be, there could be a probate in each of those states if you're not careful. Wow. Okay. All right. So now we're, we're doubling up our fees potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then Kyle, I cannot believe how fast the time flies and it, it ha- this happens every time. I'm always cut off guard. We only have a couple of minutes left, but you had mentioned a couple of hot button, <laughs> hot buttons that, that you see in there. It's kind of connected to some common uh, estate planning mistakes. Would you like to share those? Well, just a, a couple. Uh, when I'm, when estate plans are brought to me to review, Maybe, you know, prepared elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that never ceases to amaze me, once I learn from the clients what their goals and objectives are, it usually includes making sure that things go down through the generations, through their children to their grandchildren. But when I review the estate plans, they are unintentionally disinheriting grandchildren. Because it, it doesn't flow properly. Correct. Yeah. Everything is going into the estate of their the children level, yeah. and then it passes according to the estate plan of those of children. The child, and it doesn't pass to the grandchildren. Correct, because the child's estate plan says that everything goes to their spouse. Yeah. So you are disinheriting your own grandchildren in favor of the assets ending up going to your son or daughter-in-law. And if they form a blended family and die, you could potentially be disinheriting an entire family line in favor of perfect strangers. There you go. Wow. That would be a huge, gigantic mistake. And if you don't have this set up right, that could happen. Very easily. That could happen. All right. Another, another nightmare scenario is, is, is when, um, I, I'll put it to you this way. Yeah. Women tend to outlive men by yep. seven years. Uh-huh. So I ask this question of groups. Why is it that a man works his entire life to take care of his wife and children and even grandchildren only to leave everything to his wife's next husband? Mm. Oh, that, hurt, that hurts. Ouch. <laughs> that is ouch. So, but with by but with the proper estate planning, uh, you can avoid these mistakes and a whole bunch of others. You can cover virtually every contingency. Perfect. That's why you talk with an estate planning specialist. If you don't have an attorney or you want to look at have another look, give Kyle a, a Kyle Kroll a call nine one three eight five one four eight eight zero or online at Kyle Kroll. Kyle, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Steve.
All right, to everyone listening, I'm so honored you spent part of your day tuning into this program. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.